This is the CFF Sites Week 6 College Fantasy Football Show. I'm your host, the voice of the CFF site, Joe DeSalvo. And last week's pot, last week's show was really, uh, I mentioned it was a pivotal week, right? We were coming out of the non-conference portion of our 2022 college football schedule, moving into the heart of conference play. And so, you know, we were taking a look at some of the players. We were focusing on on some that that I wasn't sold on yet, and some that that maybe we were. And but you know, was the schedule a factor into some early season success? Where was the schedule a factor into some early season hiccups? And so once when we get to the conference portion of the schedule I, uh, of the season, you know, when we get into conference play, I feel that we really truly start to get an idea trends start to stay more consistent. The the data that we see on a week to week basis, um, as it, you know, as it, as we get into the projections as well, I feel that we get a lot more stability consistency as we now get into conference play. We've learned a lot last week. There are still some question marks on a few players, but I think for the most part, now that we're five weeks in, um, I think what we've gotten so far is going to hold true for most of the season. Sure, you're going to get some players that are going to blow up in the middle of the season, maybe towards the end, based on maybe their schedule, strength of schedule. I think the theme for this week more so is not necessarily trying to figure out who are the players that that we can take for real and you know, sort of the pretenders and the contenders from a college fantasy football standpoint as far as fantasy appeal and their fantasy potential. I think this week more so is navigating the injury waters, navigating the buys. Um, I think, you know, that every every week that you're going to have those factors. I always find that it's always tougher to navigate injuries and bye weeks as you get into the conference schedule because there just aren't many of those non-conference matchups between some of the P5 schools, G5 schools where – you know, it's a one-way game, and you could find some one-week plays along the schedule. That's not going to happen much once when you get into conference play, so you really, really have to kind of dig for some of those sleepers. I think for you guys playing in full FBS leagues, I've got some sleeper names for you. I'm going to throw those out for you. If you haven't had a chance to dig into the projections, those are uploaded into the site. And uh, Mike's Friday DFS write-up as well is uploaded on the site as well. And so let's try to give you this. This is probably going to be maybe our more con- the most condensed show that we will do this year, or at least up until this point. Uh, there's a lot going on, but instead of taking it week, you know, matchup by matchup and, and really going an hour plus on here, really want to take and put some of the the problem spots, maybe some of those players you need to be paying attention to going into the weekend. Want to focus on that so you guys are well aware, and I'm sure most of you are because most of these guys are flagged going into the weekend, but I still think it's important to kind of reference these guys. So as we usually do, we're going to go conference by conference. We're going to jump in. I, I just want to say right off the top, it's been a busy week at the CFF site trying to get this podcast out Thursday evening as early as I possibly can. We do not have the four and one super fantasy league formats updated yet, uh, which I I know there's some big announcements coming because the first half tournament championship should be uh, this week. 
uh, or or maybe it was last week. I need to check that out with the brackets. The Eliminator started the head-to-head tournament. So we're in full swing there, guys. It's just taken me a little while to get this these things updated. Uh, there's a lot going on between just kind of getting projections up there, the 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 midweek game, the Wednesday game as well, everything sort of trying to push everything up. So my apologies to you guys in the 4-1 Super Fantasy League, but I'll make sure that we circle back next week and kind of take care of the congratulations and make sure that we stay up to date with some of the announcements uh, like, you know, like I would like I intend to do with that league. So hang tight on there. Let's get into the show. We're going to start with the ACC and obviously, you know, uh, Malik Cunningham, quarterback Louisville. You want to stay alert with him. Will he go? Will he not? Remember, I'm recording this now on a Wednesday night. And so there are a lot of updates that could come by the time this hits. Uh, the website that this is uploaded, there might be a good 24-hour time gap. So I'm hoping that some of the names that I give you, we will get some updates within the next 24 hours. If not, hopefully by Friday, but you have to stay on guard. Going into the weekend, and that's where it helps to be tuned into the CFF site's Discord, where we will try to provide and the community, and thanks to you guys out there that help bring a lot of that information into the Discord server, try to bring a lot of those Saturday injury information bits into the Discord channel for the CFF site community that's in there so you guys can make all of your last-minute roster adjustments as necessary on Saturday. But Malik Cunningham is obviously one of those guys that are going to be on the watch list. Pitt running back, uh, the, uh, Abanaconda is going to be on that list as well, right? He was injured last week. I thought I saw where his arm was in a sling. That's not a good sign for a future week. Maybe a guy like Vincent Davis would be a nice sleeper. Slide him in in there. Um, I, I Because I that right now that pit running back group is a little depleted, taking some injury hits this year. And so that's two running backs that they've lost. There's no official word that Abanaconda has, is going to be out, but... If he is, Vincent Davis might be a nice replacement for you guys looking to kind of get past and, and navigate that injury. Same thing down in Miami where where Jalen Knighton, uh, Henry Parrish, uh, I don't have it. There, there's no definitive word, I don't think, yet on them in Miami. That would make Thaddeus Franklin a nice play this week going up against that North Carolina defense. So there should be plenty of point, points in that game. So, you know, keep eyes and ears alerted for Henry Parrish and Jalen Knighton updates because that would make Thaddeus Franklin a valuable play this weekend against North Carolina in that Miami backfield. And so really those are the major notes that I have for the ACC. Now over in the Big Ten, if we're going to jump tracks, right, keep your eyes on Aiden O'Connell. There's still some wind circulating that maybe he possibly, uh, you know, may not be able to play this week. I feel very optimistic about his chances playing, but I still think a situation that's worth monitoring. Obviously, the running back situation at Ohio State, Trevion Henderson did not play last week. The big question is now, where does Mayan Williams and Henderson, where does this all, where where do we go from here? Mayan Williams, back-to-back, 100-yard game, seven touchdowns in the last two weeks, five last week. Is Henderson fully healthy? Is he 100% ready to go? Uh, all By all accounts, it seems like he will be playing this weekend. But in my personal opinion, if you have Mayan Williams, he's the, he's the back that I prefer of the ha- of, to have of the two right now. And I think he's definitely a must start. I'm a little bit more on the fence for Trevian Henderson until we see him in there, make sure that he's healthy. 
couldn't argue against starting either guy. But as you notice in the projections, Mayan Williams is projected ahead of Trevion Henderson. And it's hard to see a guy like that taking a seat back after two solid performances uh, back-to-back weeks. Then I think the other matchup that's worth noting is just Chase Brown, the FBS's leading rusher going against that Iowa defense. I know that that's a tough matchup, but I don't know at this point how you can sit Chase Brown, um, you know, what he did against Wisconsin. Blake Corum did okay against Iowa last week. And I think, you know, Brown could do and, and you know, post similar rushing numbers on the ground from a yardage standpoint. And if Illinois gets in the end zone, there's a really good chance that Brown's going to be the one to to punch it in. And so I do think you have to start him even going against that Iowa defense. Now, over in the Big 12, TCU, Kansas, who would have thought that we would be sitting here week six, both of those schools undefeated. Uh, I got the Oklahoma-TCU matchup wrong last week. Uh, the projections missed out big time on that. That was one that we didn't see coming. Oklahoma just did not look good at all. And quite honestly, the reason I'm mentioning the matchup with Oklahoma is because Dylan Gabriel got knocked out of that game last week. There are questions whether or not, you know, he'll be fully healthy, ready to go this week. I think you have to be on guard. I almost think that you have to be prepared as of right now to move off of Dylan Gabriel uh, from a starting standpoint and have someone else ready to go. Uh, But TCU, Kansas right now, you're going to start the quarterbacks in that matchup. Both Jalen Daniels, Max Duggan, both have been lights out. I know Daniels struggled last week against Iowa State, and I know he was under the microscope uh, last week for me. You know, I said that I wasn't sold on Jalen Daniels, and that was just solely for the matchup purposes. I didn't think that he, you know, could continue to do what he was doing against a solid Iowa State defense. And so, you know, he didn't have a big game, but I think this is a matchup against TCU and I think he's going to be okay. And I think you guys that have him that are considering starting him, I'm not against that at all. The projections certainly agree with you. Iowa State, Jarrell Brock injured last week. There's talk that he could be a game time decision. Maybe we get news a lot earlier. So keep a keep keep a uh keep your ears peeled on that one. And then Kansas State, let's talk about that situation where Adrian Martinez now has scored, uh, what, seven touchdowns and run for 319 yards the past two weeks. He right now is vulturing the touchdowns from running back Deuce Vaughn, who has gone three straight games now without a touchdown. Matter of fact, the last time I think Deuce Vaughn went back-to-back games without a touchdown in his career at Kansas State was his freshman year, and he went three straight without scoring a touchdown. So I don't think can't I don't think Vaughn has worn a Kansas State jersey and gone scoreless in four three in in four consecutive games. That's what he's up against this week. Can he find the end zone? Um, he's gone for a hundred in two of his last three, but right now Martinez is stealing the show. Seven rushing seven rushing touchdowns in the last two weeks, while Don while Vaughn has been blanked out of the end zone. But you can't sit him right now. I think for me, more Martinez is a more is more of a hold this week when I look at that matchup. And I think he's the one that's going against Iowa State this weekend over in the Big 12. Yeah, they're on the road at Iowa State. Now, over in the Pac-12, Tavion Thomas, big topic of conversation, right? There's a lot of, you know, supposedly there's some behind-the-scenes stuff going on. And uh, Tavion Thomas... Uh, just not putting up the numbers that we saw last year. Mike Bainbridge, my partner, Mike Bainbridge, hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, at the, in the beginning of the preseason, when he said that we were expecting a regression year, 
from Tavion Thomas. We didn't think it would be this, but there's some things going on right now. I'm still hopeful for Tavion Thomas. I still think that he's a hold. Uh, and I, I, if I, if I had him on my roster, um, uh, there's still a lot of pl- players that I'd be starting Tavian Thomas over right now. And I think they're going to need him in this matchup against UCLA where, you know, DTR, Zach Charbonnet going up against that Utah defense. I think that's a tough play this week. I'm more concerned about Charbonnet than I am about DTR right now, but you know, that's one you're going to have to weigh your options going into the weekend and looking at your matchups. Sticking in the Pac-12, Casey Filkins, the running back for Stanford. Obviously, E.J. Smith lost for the year. I think he is a sneaky play in this matchup against Oregon State. And Oregon State right now, I still think we're a little bit of a limbo on what's going on with running back. That's the one where I'm a little more nervous. I'd be I'd be tempted to stay away from that Oregon State backfield right now. But I think Casey Filkins could be a nice play for some of you guys in deeper leagues that have a chance to pick him up. I think he can do it both as a receiver out of the backfield and rushing. I think he can get close to 100 yards against that Oregon State defense this week. And then Bo Nix, quarterback Oregon, right? I mean, what a year he's having right now. Let's throw out the season opener against Georgia. He's averaging over four touchdowns per game, accounting for four touchdowns plus per game in the last four games has been absolutely amazing. I'm sure Auburn would love to have him back right now. Skipping over to the SEC, there's a few names on that list that we need to be looking out for, right? Cedric Tillman, wide receiver, Tennessee, went under, uh, had a procedure done with his ankle that was supposedly going to speed up his recovery. How much so? Well, they're talking that he could be a game-time decision this week in the Volunteers matchup on the road at LSU. I have to tell you, as much as I love Cedric Tillman, Knowing that he's a game-time decision and it's an ankle injury, I, I, I'd still feel nervous on starting him this week. I think you almost have to be prepared to go elsewhere and keep Tillman on your bench this weekend. Who knows, maybe he gets in there, gets a feel, he can't go. Maybe he tries to give it a go, plays a couple of snaps, and even if you're on the auto-sub system, you're going to lose out on your auto-sub once when he plays. And so that's a that's a situation you've got to you know navigate carefully depending on what's the depth you have on your roster. K.J. Jefferson, quarterback, Arkansas, another one playing on the road at Mississippi State. I'm less optimistic about K.J. Jefferson this week. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling doubtful that he's going to play. Again, it's Wednesday, a couple of more days to go. Sometimes kids heal faster than others. Who knows where that one's going to play out. But I'm not optimistic about K.J. Jefferson for Arkansas, so you have to be prepared to to pivot somewhere else at quarterback in that matchup. Bryce Young, Alabama playing at home against Texas A&M. Obviously, we saw last week there's no rush to bring Bryce Young back. However, I'm sure he wants to play. He looked like he was in great spirits on the sideline. Uh, You know, sometimes I get a read on the future of a player based on, you know, how they look, or, you know, are, are they in a boot? Are they on crutches? Do they have their arm in a sling? I mean, Bryce Young was running up and down the sideline. Did they hold him out just for precautionary reasons once when he got hurt? I mean, I'm sure he, you know, the severity of the injury is what I'm, I don't know. Like I said, I don't have any updates, but I would feel optimistic about Bryce Young playing, but still have to be ready to pivot off of that one. And those are the major notes throughout the Power Five conferences right now. So let's get over into the group of five where there's not too many injury new notes to be, to be you know, to kind of make you aware of. 
Uh, but there are some sleeper picks that I want to give you as well that maybe you're going to try to navigate some bye weeks or get through some of these injuries and you play in full FBS. And so let's run through those. I think, first of all, starting off with the independents, Caden Salter, I think I tipped you guys off on the show last week. Uh, you know, Hugh Freeze said after the game, just, you know, he's just not ready. You know, he kind of, you know, for, for, for a lack of, going into detail and, and having the exact quote. He just didn't make great decisions, and and Salter's probably just not ready to play right now that they want to get him healed up to be ready for the second half of the season. That was, you know, Jonathan Bennett came in, played well, and that was, that was for me, coach speak on Jonathan Bennett's probably going to go ahead and get the call this week. So if you need a quarterback on the independent, on the FBS side, maybe Jonathan Bennett is a look. Um, speaking with another independent, Connecticut, Devontae Houston last week, 23 carries, 105 yards, and a touchdown against Fresno State. This week, Connecticut gets FIU. They go to FIU, but I think that's a game that Connecticut can win. And remember, Nathan Carter in the beginning of the year was rolling up big numbers in that UConn offense. I don't have any word that he's back. Matter of fact, I don't. I, I forgot his status, even if he's available or would be available or if he's out for the year. But if Devontae Houston gets that start again at running back, I almost think you can look at another 20-carry, 100-plus yards, and a possible touchdown in that matchup against FIU. While we're staying with sleepers, let's go over into the MAC where Clyde, uh, Clyde Price the third had 17 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown against Bowling Green last week. Akron gets Ohio this week to go on the road to Ohio, but I think he could be a sneaky play for you guys as well. So that's another name for you. But while we're in the MAC, let's go ahead and focus on NIU, where it looks like we've completely whiffed on Ontario Brown. And, and I mean, look, we were high on both Brown and Whaley. Looking at what the NIU offense was able to do last year, there was certainly going to be enough carries and yards to go around for two backs in that offense. But Ontario Brown really just has not turned it on yet. There's some rumors circulating that maybe he could possibly be out of there. I don't know. We'll see. I think one thing has become clear over the last week, and that is Harrison Whaley seems to be the clear-cut running back one. And in that offense, if they're not splitting carries as a 1A, 1B, Harrison Whaley is definitely a must-have, a must-own, and in my opinion, a must-start this week. Central Michigan playing Ball State and here, I just want to focus on Lou Nichols because that offensive line, there's really been some offensive line woes with Central Michigan, right? The Chippewas returned three offensive linemen off of last year's team, so it's not like they had to rebuild the offensive line, but they haven't played well up until this point. Now, Lou Nichols is a high-volume guy. You can give him, sometimes it takes him 25, 30 carries to really pour on those numbers, but right now, Central Michigan's not doing much to move the ball on the ground. We're not going to doubt Lou Nichols' ability. We're going to doubt that offensive line's ability to open up some holes and create some running space in there. Perhaps a matchup this week against that Ball State run defense, which is one of the worst in the nation, is exactly what that Central Michigan offense and fantasy owners of Lou Nichols needs this week. Lou Nichols, again, even though struggling, lands in our top 10, and I think he's a must-start this weekend against Bolt against ball state. Let's switch gears and go out West a little bit to mountain West conference where Clayton Millen uh, last I saw, maybe he's still questionable in that matchup for Colorado state. 
I know, I know they're coming off of a bye, but you've got to keep an eye on Clay Millen. How does that affect Torrey Horton, the receiver? I think if you have Horton, you still have to play him. But obviously, if you have Millen and he's one of your top quarterbacks, particularly on a two quarter in a two quarterback league, you've got to be ready to pivot when we get news on him. Obviously, Logan Bonner's out for the year for Utah State, and the reins have been turned over to Koopa Legas. So. You know, there's another replacement as well. And I'm assuming most of you guys that were on Bonner were already on Cooper Legas. And then Fresno State, we're trying to keep an eye on what's going on with Jake Hayner, right? Is it going to be Jake Hayner, Logan Fife? Uh, Mike passed along some information for me that he was able to find out that I know that there's some people that seem to be tied into the program pretty good or pretty closely that possibly Hayner may not play this weekend. We're just trying to read the tea leaves. We don't have anything definitive, but to me, Hayner might be very questionable or seems to be very questionable for this week's matchup. And then over in the Sun Belt, uh, I just want to focus on three players in particular, James Madison, Chris Thornton, where he was high last week. Obviously, the weather played a factor into, into that matchup they had, but I think you're going to see Chris Thornton back, you know, much like Lou Nichols. You know, Chris Thornton had those big first two weeks. The third week, he was bracketed by Appalachian State's defense, only targeted three times. Last week was a bad weather game. I can justify his top 10 ranking again this week. So I think if you've got Chris Thornton, get him in your lineup. Nate Noel for Appalachian State didn't play again last week after he played the week before. Was it more precautionary? Possibly. Curious to see if we get Nate Noel back in the lineup this weekend, but they're distributing carries and sharing carries in that Appalachian State offense, so be careful. That's something to pay attention to going into this weekend. And then Georgia Southern playing at Georgia State. Uh, up until last week, Georgia Southern had allowed a 100-yard rusher in every game so far this year through the first three games. Last week was the fourth game, which is why you saw C.J. Beasley for Co Coastal Carolina ranked so high. But uh, it didn't come through. Beasley didn't get a lot of early touches. Max Balthazar did. I believe that's who it was. Um, you know, Beasley wound up finishing with 67 yards and a touchdown, two or three catches, but he never did hit that 100-yard mark. I, I don't think that's going to be the case this week where I think Tucker Gregg, for me, is a nice sleeper play in that Georgia State backfield. I know there were some situations. I know Matt Carroll, Jameis Williams is there, too. There could be three guys that get touches but that offense really leans on Tucker Gregg, and I think Georgia Southern will allow another 100-yard rusher this week. And so that is another sleeper play for me if you've got to buy deep league. So Tucker Gregg, Devontae Houston of Connecticut, Clyde Price the third of Akron, Jonathan Bennett, Liberty. Those are some of the names I threw at you for sleepers. Maybe Vincent David of Pitt. A lot of injuries right now. Pivotal point of the season. We're in week six right now and you know we're coming down the home stretch of the of of your leagues that have playoffs right because with a 13 week season you know the last few weeks 8 9 10 are going to be sort of like your last 3 weeks and maybe 8 9 in some leagues so we're getting now to the back the back end of the schedule where you have to you know if you're teetering on the brink of maybe becoming a a pretender and a contender You've got you put together a string of two or three straight right here, and you're right in it, positioning your positioning yourself for a postseason run for your fantasy league. Again, my apologies to everyone in the four and one super fantasy league. We're going to get those things updated as soon as I can. Uh, usually, I get everything updated by Friday. Sometimes a little bit late Friday night. It's usually the last thing that I do. My apologies for that, but everything 
that we want to do in regards to content needs to get up there on the site. We've got Mike Saturday uh, write-ups coming. Max, um, Mike Saturday late slate line of DFS write-ups are still coming. The projections are up there. The weekly top 20 is up there now. And then once when I get up there, get this show up there as well, the podcast will be uploaded. So all of your usual content coming to you this week. One special announcement for next week, for week seven. Uh, for you guys that, that are Heisman members that watch and listen to the podcast, um, we will not have a Saturday late slate write-up in week seven. That's an announcement this week. Mike's got some things going on. And, uh, you know, there's some things that we we kind of had to make some adjustments. We'll have everything, I think, leading up to Saturday, Saturday main. But I know for a fact that week seven, Saturday night slate DFS write-up, we will not have that for you next week. So want to make the announcement. It'll go up on the website as well. But that's going to do it. This is the shortest show that we have done yet this year. There's a lot of things going on. Busy week over at the CFF site, uh, not only with the site, but other things going on as well with, with both Mike and I in our personal lives as well, but still trying to get all of the content to you guys as much as possible. So apologies for not taking the deep dive into the matchups, but that at least is a good heads up on where you need to be, kind of uh, where you might need to pivot and some players that maybe you could pivot to. So that's it. It's going to do it for week six. My name is Joe DeSalvo, the voice of the CFF site, and I'm going to see you guys in week seven. Till then, good luck, everyone.